Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Or try to protect their businesses. Now, what makes this a little different than George Floyd or Rodney King is that the five police officers in Memphis are black officers. And this was a black subject. So maybe the race card doesn't get played as much. Are we going to see BLM? Well, that's interesting because you never see BLM when it's black on black crime. They claim they care about black lives, but they only show up when someone white does something against someone black. You never see them outraged or protest or very rarely when it's black on black crime. And you just have to wonder how many pros are going to be out and about tonight. When I say pros, I mean Antifa, people that are paid to be there, people that aren't necessarily even from that area bust in or flown in like, like atlanta like atlanta like exactly it was a defund the police type of thing in atlanta last weekend and uh what do we know everybody that got arrested not even anywhere near um the the, the state of georgia and what you see a lot of times and whether it's people like malik mohammed who governor holcomb gave a meet and greet to when he was in indianapolis you know, then he went out west. I think he went out to Portland, and now he's locked up for trying to murder a police officer. These people travel riot to riot. This is an organized type of thing. You're right, Nigel. The people that got arrested in Atlanta, none of them were from the Atlanta area. This is an organized deal. And a lot of these people don't give a blue rat's rear end about the cause. They just want damage. They want destruction. They want to go after police officers. They want to break windows. They want to loot. I'm not saying that you can't go out in the streets if you're outraged by whatever is on this video that we're going to find out later. Sounds pretty bad. But there's a lot of people that don't care what's on the video. They're just going out for destruction so we're going to keep an eye on that tonight that's the other thing i mean it's not like the police department in memphis is protecting these officers they've been fired they've been charged with second degree murder so it's not like no action has been taken right um but you know i think you're still gonna see damage done and to the memphis police department's credit they're like hey we're ready and the victim's family has said, please, no violence, only peaceful protests. The Memphis Shelby County Schools announced this morning they were canceling all after-school activities. And Jeez. Southwest Tennessee Community College said it will move to all of their classes being virtual starting today until further notice. So, again, you can say please be careful, please be peaceful, but it sounds like they're anticipating some major violence in Memphis tonight. So the video is out. There's actually a couple videos about Paul Pelosi that have been released. The judge in the situation where Paul Pelosi was attacked by some weirdo activist uh, that lives in a school bus was 
ordered to be released today. The video is out. The judge said it has to be out. And in this little clip here, you're going to hear the police officers going up to the door. And again, this is from the body cam of the officers. And Paul DePappy, this is the guy that beats Pelosi with the hammer. He's inside the door. Paul Pelosi is inside the door. He's in his underpants. He's got a drink in one hand, but his other arm is kind of locked with this DePappy guy who's got a hammer. Uh, how you doing? How are you? What's going on, man? Everything's good. Drop the hammer. Um, nope. Hey, 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 hey. What is going on right now? I'm not getting any answer on call. Whoa, oh, 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 Give me your f***ing hand. Give me your f***ing hand. So what you're hearing there at the end is Paul Pelosi knocked out and David DePappy attacked him with the hammer, got him good in the head. So the cops open the door. Hey, guys, what's going on? Uh, can you put down the hammer? And the guy goes, nope, not going to happen. And that's when he lunged at him. You hear the cops go, holy bleep. And then they, they um, you know, they get the guy DePappy in, in handcuffs. And it sounds like Paul Pelosi needs a CPAP machine or something, man. Needs something. I have so many questions about this. And we retweeted this at Hammer and Nigel. So you can see it for yourself on Twitter at Hammer and Nigel. Yes. Paul Pelosi gets clocked with a hammer. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. But at the same time, he answers the door in his underpants and a drink. So I don't know what that means. Like if you're in a is distressful a, drink, at a yeah. stressful moment, do you have time to grab your cocktail? Is it, uh, well, that's yeah. The, the, the drink in the hand is odd. Uh, the other hand's on the hammer with the other guy's hand on the hammer like he's trying to keep him from using it right as a matter of fact this is what the police officers were basically telling david DePappy. stop the hammering <laughs> it's actually <laughs> lawrence o'donnell stop the hammering. on msnbc but i have so many questions oh, about this man. everybody seems kind of calm when the police arrive and you know, Pelosi's there. He's got his drink. He's got his pants off. The weirdo guy is there. He's got a hammer in one hand. And uh, there's a lot going on here. The 911 calls were also released. Now, I'm going to play this for you in two different segments. Here's the first part. Police 24 2022. Oh, I guess I, I guess I, I call them and say, what is this? It's the San Francisco Police. Do you need help? Oh, what is the gentleman uh, here just waiting for my wife to come back? Okay, do you need please fire a medical for anything? Eight seconds. Uh, I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Is the Capitol Police around? No, that's they, they usually here. They're usually here at the house. Okay, you can stop it at that wife. point, James. And again, this recording, you're going to hear in the background the time stamp. So if you can try to ignore that. But in that case, Paul Pelosi at first says, I don't need assistance. I don't need help. Was he trying to be coy because this weirdo was in the house or what was going on? Was he intoxicated? I don't know. Now, this next clip, it's a little bit longer. I want you to stay with me here. It's about 90 seconds, but about halfway through, you're going to hear David DePappy jump on the phone too. 
No, no, no. This, this gentleman just uh, came into the house uh, and wants to wait here for my wife to come home. Zero, two, and so, uh, four, and 48. Anyway, do, do you know who the person is? No, I don't know who he is. He, 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 uh, uh, he has his lease on me. He's telling me not to, uh, he's telling me not to do anything. What is your address, sir? Uh, 26. What is your name? Seconds. Uh, my name is Paul Pelosi. Anyway, this gentleman says that he thinks everything ought to, you know, he tells me to put the phone down and uh, just do what he says. 18 seconds. Okay. Okay, who, what's the gentleman's name? I don't know. What's that? My name is David. David. His name is David. Okay, and who is David? T five. I, I don't know. What's that? I'm a friend of theirs. Yeah, I, I, um, he says he's a friend, but as but I said, I've never... But you don't know who he is? No, no, ma'am. Okay. He's telling me I'm being very leading, so i, I got to stop Seven, talking to you, okay? Two, 25 and okay, you sure? I can stay on the phone with you just to make sure everything's okay. No, he, he wants to get that off the phone. Two, okay? Okay. And zero, eight Thank you. Seconds. Okay, bye. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like he was trying to walk on eggshells almost around this guy that broke into his house. Right. Trying to keep him at bay while at the same time, this guy's a big fatso too. Not Paul Pelosi, but the this DePappy guy is he's a he's a big he's a big man. You know so, that piece of audio does not make the San Francisco Police Department look good. Maybe that's why it took so long for this to come out. Maybe. It makes them look almost incompetent because clearly you wouldn't just let this guy get off the phone, right? In a situation like that. I've never been a 911 operator, but it sounded like this operator was pretty quick to try to get off the phone. Well, I don't think he had a choice. Man, there's a lot going on there. There are so many (laughs) questions. Answering the door calmly, underpants with a cocktail, and then the other guy, he gets on the phone. The video is out, the audio is out, and I'm even more confused now than I was before any of this stuff came out. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Let's turn on. 93 WIBC. All right, let's have a demonstration. So earlier we were playing the body cam footage of uh, Paul Pelosi and his attacker, the guy that broke into his house with a uh, hammer. Uh, we also played uh, audio of the 911 call that Paul Pelosi was making. Seemed very hesitant on that call. Like he, it, like Vic in the YouTube chat here said, the sound of Paul's voice seemed to me like he was letting the operator know to send somebody, but I really can't say that on the phone too loud because the guy's right here. Right. And he was being very hesitant with that. Now. The other piece of audio that was released, is this audio or was this footage? Video. This is video. Yes. More video. Uh, Tell us what we're about to listen here in terms of Pelosi's DUI from back uh, early, I think it was May 2022. May of 2022, Paul Pelosi got real drunk, crashed his car, and the police arrived on the scene. Now, what you're about to hear, the officers are trying to get him to do like a field sobriety test they even offer him like a practice round so he can kind of get it right and he can't stand up properly he's too drunk for the field sobriety test so you could try both feet out if you want 
Before we, I'll let you start. Uh, you can try the test with both feet. So I'll give you like a like a, a pre-trial run. Are you sure you could complete the test? Because I really don't want you to fall over and hurt yourself. That's the last thing I'm Right, but, but that, that defeats the whole purpose of the test, grabbing onto a stroke car. And I don't want you to fall over, so. Well, just based, based on what I'm seeing, I don't feel comfortable having you perform the test just because I don't, want to, I don't want you to have the potential to fall over and hurt yourself. That's, that's, that's not what I'm trying to accomplish. I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. <laughs> uh, you know, Paul Pelosi's 82 years old. He should be driving anyway, much less driving blackout drunk. Right. You've got the access to any designated driver, right? You are the Pelosi family. You guys are royalty to these liberals. Somebody would have been more than happy to take you drinking and take you home. Hundreds of these were hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, there's a lot of insider yeah. trading sure. going on there. That's why. Sure. And so when the police officer doesn't feel comfortable of, I mean, they didn't even, he couldn't even say his ABCs. Isn't that, one of the, isn't that part of the process? They make you say yeah, the alphabet backwards or something like that? I've, I've right. never been pulled over. I don't know what the... I had a concussion test once in a football game. They made me count backwards from 100 by sevens. Wow. Oh, really? Man, I can't do that now. <laughs> I can't count forward by sevens. You're going to make me do this backwards? Well, they were only asking Pelosi to like step yeah. one foot over the other one. And he was trying to hold on to the car and do it. Yeah. It's like, no, we'll let you practice, but you can't hold on to the car, <laughs> let sir. Let's give it a practice round before you do the real thing. Does everybody get a practice round? Is that how it works? I'm not sure. I don't know how it works. I've Anybody never... that's been popped with a Dewey, do you get the Paul Pelosi treatment? Hit us up on Twitter, at Hammer and Nigel. Is there a practice round? <laughs> Buddy of mine. Man, a buddy of mine got pulled over, uh, and uh, he got a DUI, but he was so scared that I wasn't with him. But all, all I know is he's telling me he's pulled over, and it's the middle of winter, and uh, the cop walks up to the car, and the window's rolled up, and the cop's just standing there, and my buddy's just, you know, has his hands on the, on the wheel, and the cop goes... Uh, you gonna roll down the window? <laughs> and my buddy goes, "Oh, sorry, sorry." Uh, <laughs> not a good start. Not a good start to it. You are not off to a good start, my friend. <laughs> I just remembered that the cop goes, "Uh, you, you gonna roll down the window, man?" <laughs> <laughs> and he ended up going to jail. I was uh, with it, and I, the other thing about that night is I was with a chick. I gotta, and it was when we still had, uh, you know, caller ID on phones, on home phones. Right. And uh, I went to this chick in bed, and the phone rings, and it says Hendricks County Jail. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, I'm sorry, sweetie, I have to take this. I think I know who this is. <laughs> bros before. Yeah, I guess I so. can't think of what rhymes with bros, <laughs> but well done, sir. <laughs> uh, you're gonna watch the games this weekend, AFC, oh, hell yeah, man. NFC Championship Absolutely. games. Absolutely. Uh, got some good quarterback play going on in the AFC game. You've Fired got up. Joe Burrow in Cincinnati 
Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. And then in the NFC game, the Niners are bringing that defense out there. You got the 49ers on the road taking on the Eagles. Wasn't that quarterback uh, Mr. Irrelevant for the 49ers? Brock Purdy. Yeah. He was the final guy taken. And here he is. He's in the driver's seat, you know, just one game away from the Super Bowl. Well, I'm fired up. I'm going to be yelling. I'm going to be screaming. My wife's going to be telling me to shut up. Um, Well, I'm glad you bring that up because there's a new sponsor from Hammer and Nigel Products to help out ladies who have wild, out-of-control, emotional guys like Nigel watching (laughs) the games. It's called Red Lull. (laughs) Come on, ref. That was holding. (sighs) Playoffs and Super Bowl. Touchdown! He gets so riled up. That's why I give him cans of Red Lull. Red Lull looks a lot like his favorite energy drink, but Red Lull contains secobarbital, a sleeping medicine that slowly mellows my jacked-up football fanatic. And before too long, he falls asleep in his lounge chair. Don't think it's mean. He wakes up during the fourth quarter, but for about an hour and a half, I get some peace and quiet. Look for Red Lull at your nearest pharmacy. Oh, my wife would love to give that to me. That's perfect for you. Red Lull. Even your snore was in there. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show. Can you believe these animals? What the hell's happening to this country? On 93 WIBC. Well, let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. Let's take a full deep dive into some legal stuff. Crime. Punishment. Judges. Legal stuff. (laughs) Dateline, Florida. Oh, you know it's going to be good. A Florida mother is suing Orange County Public Schools after she says she was banned from volunteering at her child's school Due to her OnlyFans account, mm. Victoria Treese says she posts pictures for the subscription-based website OnlyFans because she didn't want to get a nine-to-five job because she wanted to be more involved with her kids and their education and their activities at school. This is Victoria Treese talking about what's happening to her in Florida. I think any mom, any dad, anybody in the position that I'm in should be going through this, should be told what you do in your private life will affect you seeing your children in any realm at all. It's, it's just immorally, it's just wrong. So what So what kind of content was she creating on OnlyFans? There I mean, may have been there... some nudity. OnlyFans, you'll see some nudity. Porn, right? I mean, it's got all, I mean, it's it's got all the, it's all the, Right. All the stuff. All the porn stuff. <laughs> legal stuff and <laughs> porn stuff. Now, uh, this is so- where it gets interesting here. The legal stuff of this comes into play here. She feels like members of the school board and some other parents were passing around photos of her nude, like somebody had bought an OnlyFans, printed off the photos of her, and then passed them out to other school board members and shared them to the media and other parents. 
This is her attorney. They possess images of a sexual nature, of mistreats, and they've gone and distributed those not only internally within Orange County Public Schools, and we don't know how far that went uh, at this stage, but they also uh, distributed those to the media. So what's where, where are they suing? Yes, she is suing because they were basically slandering her by passing out her private photos that you have to pay to get. Ah, check out Vicky Treese's cans. Look at this, man. Here you go. <laughs> hey, other school board members. Hey, other parents. Look at little Timmy's mom over here. <laughs> uh, well, wait a minute. So she's not a teacher. They just say she was trying to volunteer at right. the school. So, like, okay, I want to what in what um capacity she was volunteering like you know helping her son go on a field trip or something if that's the case then come on you know like my wife's volunteered at school before to help host a holiday party in the classroom or set up decorations and stuff like that and if it's a, te- it's a teacher on her only fans account producing porn i'm like, that's probably different but this is just a parent <sighs> now what if she wants to run for school board and then she was slandered by other school board members by them passing out nude photos to potential voters in the community and the media. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. But we may have a ball game here. But listen, I'm with you. If any parent that's not a complete you know, lunatic that's trying to push political views or whatever on your kid wants to help out at school, it's fine. Let her help out at school. Now, if she's trying to get other kids to sign up for OnlyFans, that's a problem. <laughs> Big problem. But I don't think she was doing that. You would probably sign up for your son if he had a hot teacher that was in that trouble. Oh, yeah. He'll, he <laughs> would absolutely volunteer and say, yes, I volunteer as tribute. I'm the class president. I will take care of this. Uh, we've got more legal stuff. Dateline, Florida. Oh, again, Florida men. Police in Fort Myers are looking for a man caught on camera breaking into a Joe's Crab Shack. Ooh, I love a good Joe's Crab Shack. Haven't been there forever. The man is accused of stealing multiple items from the restaurant before taking a dump on the floor and leaving. What? Was that necessary? The suspect to the Fort Myers Police Department is calling the pooping perpetrator. <laughs> Pulled his crime around 2.30 a.m. on Saturday morning. According to the police, he broke a small window before squeezing himself through it, before squeezing one out on the floor. What was the purpose of the pooping on the floor? I mean, that's that's not necessary. Does he do this everywhere? Is, is it, it like his, the wet bandits all over is again? It his calling card? Right. I'm, it's his bragging rights to his criminal buddies. Hey, I'm, you know, the perp pooping perpetrator that's me <laughs> really cool you're the pooping perpetrator that's you i loved your work at joe's crab shack fantastic <laughs> chef's kiss man <laughs> in a related story uh God. you can't make this kind of stuff up today <laughs> is thomas crapper day in honor of the man who may or may not have invented the toilet. There's a little debate about it, but he masterfully perfected and promoted ah. the fact that he invented the toilet. Where would we be without it, Hammer? So since today is Thomas Crapper Day, January 27th, honoring the man who perfected the toilet, ladies and gentlemen, 
Here to pay tribute, Larry the Cable Guy. We almost lost my granddad. He's 93 years old. He almost passed away on us. He almost lost him on the toilet. <laughs> Boy, what a way to go right there. Can you imagine dying on the toilet? I mean, what do you say to the relatives at the wake to make them feel better? I mean, we're real sorry to hear about Ed. But at least he died doing what he loved, you know. <laughs> we heard he fought till the bitter end, and that's the thing. He, he wasn't a quitter, so he got it out, and we're excited, and that's nice. And we're going to light a match tonight and remember him. <laughs> I read a story one time, a fella got bit by a snake sitting on the toilet. He got interviewed and said, first thing I thought was I need to call animal control. That's the first thing he thought. If I got bit by something similar, the first thing I'd think is, what the hell did I eat last night? <laughs> gum, my, my food's circling back on me. <laughs> Happy Thomas Crapper Day, everybody. I don't know where we'd be without that. I, like, and what happens when you can't find one? Oh, Isn't that's that the, the worst? worst? If you're out in public, you're on the road. Oh, man. Somewhere you need to go, and uh, there is nowhere to be found. That question was the inspiration hammer behind the latest Hammer and Nigel Records tribute. We were in a queen kind of mood. This morning I got such a bowel cramp As I drove in my car down the street So I looked in the mirror with tears in my eyes As I thought of the urge to I desperately searched for a restroom, but I just couldn't find no relief. Lord, somebody, somebody, can anybody find me somewhere to die? Yeah! Oh, we're not over yet. I worked hard. My back door shut as my colon tried to explode. At the end of the street, yeah, was an Exxon where I couldn't load. With my pants round my knees, I ran for the door. Where the f is that guy with the key? Lord, somebody, 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 somebody. somebody. <laughs> oh, come on. Forget it. <laughs> come on. It's somewhere to die. Happy Thomas Crapper Day <laughs> from the station where Mike Pence used to deliver the news. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. 38 at the American Standard Heating Weather Center at 93 WIBC. Go watch it, pervert! You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hey, bro, you mind putting on some pants? I find a little weird. I have to ask twice. On 93 WIBC. I would not do this. I'm not interested. Sorry. A company's going to pay a couple $1,000 to put together IKEA furniture. Nope. You lost it's, me at put together. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare putting together that stuff, man. My wife has ordered several things from her kids' rooms, desks, uh, shelves, uh, drawers, stuff like that. And so financebuzz.com is looking to hire a couple that pay you a grand and give you an additional $1,000 worth of uh, IKEA gift cards. All you got to do is put together an entire bedroom set and document the ups and downs. 
I can't handle it. I would not be able to handle something like that. I would that. like I mean, to see the footage if one of us tried to do that. <laughs> wow, we never well, realized how many F-bombs fly around <laughs> when you're trying to put these things together. You know, I had to put together a big uh, gamer desk for my son for uh, for Christmas. And that even that, it was kind of, it, was, it wasn't that hard, but it was just cumbersome and time-consuming. And putting together like my wife's work desk that she has in her office at the house because she works out of you know she she works from home, that was a nightmare. It was an a- abject disaster. And the, the drawers still don't shut right. She still looks at me sideways whenever she opens the drawer, reaches in for a pencil, and it won't close all the way. Thanks a lot. Oh, it's total hell. <laughs> and the wives or girlfriends, whatever. They know it's hell, yeah. and they rub that salt in the wound. Have you tried reading the instructions? No, it never <laughs> occurred to me. <laughs> and, they, and the instructions never have words anymore. It's just pictures and like little arrows pointing to, you know, what screw you're supposed to use, what type of uh, nut or bolt goes there, here and there. It just never has any solid directions no no it's a mess i'm sitting there with my readers on uh, sitting you know uh, hands and knees most of the time on the floor or sitting you know crisscross applesauce right trying to read these things and put together it's just a nightmare so this so so this company is looking to hire a couple and for them to document them putting together an entire ikea bedroom set no thanks no thank you There's a new list out of the dirtiest cities in America. So I want you to think about what you think are the top three dirtiest cities in America. And they're basing this off of pollution, living conditions, and infrastructure. Uh, Well, I got San Francisco, of course. They may be on the list, but they're not in the top three. Really? Houston, Newark, New Jersey, and San Bernardino. California. We just had that other list of the cheapest places that you could fly and take a trip to in America, and Houston was number one on that list. So, no I wonder see it's, why. Yeah, no wonder it's so cheap to get there. Nobody wants to go. Um, this study considered 152 cities, and Houston was the dirtiest, followed by Newark and then San Bernardino, and then Detroit jersey city new jersey they've got two in the top five bakersfield california san antonio fresno oklahoma city and yonkers new york new york city comes in at number 12 and la comes in at number 15 so you're probably asking yourself well where's indiana Where's Indianapolis? Oh, yeah. Did Gary we? make the list did indianapolis make the list what about uh evansville fort wayne Terre Haute? Checking in at number 118, Indianapolis, Indiana. I feel pretty good about that number, to be honest with you. When you walk around Monument Circle and you have to play Dodge the Poop, when you walk outside of our building and you have to not make eye contact with the guy pleasuring himself, (laughs) I'll take number 118. I think that's pretty solid. I mean, San Francisco was a place, though, that actually had an app that you could go on every time you saw somebody pooping you go on this app and just kind of report it yes and they had to have they actually had to have higher crews to come out and remove human feces because it was so it's such a problem 
Man, I uh, get times are tough, but does anybody <laughs> celebrate that job? Honey, I got a new job today. <laughs> oh, great. What do you do? I pick up bum poop. <laughs> oh. Did you wash your hands? Yeah, you want to go to dinner? No, I, I don't. I mean, I'm that good. stink would just stay with you, wouldn't it? I mean, it would just stay in your nose. I've had some friends that have worked, like when I was younger, that worked at White Castle. And they claim that the onion smell stays with yeah. you. You know, the onions become you. You become one with the onions. Yeah. They don't make water hot enough to wash off that onion smell if you've worked at White Castle Mexican restaurants, too, when you go in. Not that I'm mad. I love I love eating Mexican restaurants. But when I walk out of there, I my entire clothing, uh, I immediately go to the laundry room and disrobe and just throw everything in the, in the <laughs> wash. Walk around in my boxers until... Uh, um, the, you know, I could find some new clothes up in my closet. Maybe that's what Pelosi was doing when yeah. he answered the door, you know? <laughs> he just got back from a Mexican restaurant. Got, got back from a Mexican restaurant. Maybe, you know, the area he lives smells like feces so much. He took his clothes off, <laughs> poured himself a cocktail, and next thing you know, it's weird underwear hammer fight club time. Um, did you see this <laughs> petition that's going around? Some fan started a petition hoping Jim Ursay would see it lobbying the owner of the Colts to not hire Jeff Saturday as the head coach. Now, that sounds lame. Right. How many people signed it? Do we know? There's quite a few. I mean, there's, you know, over, you know, over thousands that have signed this thing. Really? But I don't know. I think that's kind of a cop out. Yeah. I like Jeff Saturday. He's a good dude. I have met him before and he's the ultimate guy's guy, right? You could sit down with Jeff Saturday, watch a game, pound some beers, have some wings. You're going to have a good time. He's going to tell awesome stories. But one and seven is one and seven. He's responsible, whether it's fair or not, he was at the helm of the biggest blown lead in the history of the NFL. Mm. And there was some pretty bad clock management. So while I might not want him to be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, petitions are dumb. Could he, bring his, dumb. Could, he bring, could he bring his own guys in there and start from scratch and maybe do it that way especially if they get a nice you know a good young strong quarterback in the draft i mean you know you basically just bring one guy in there in the middle of the season it's unprecedented i mean i understand i kind of halfway understand it going one and seven i don't think you weren't set up for success i guess you weren't um, but there were signs, right? There were times where he butchered the clock, like the Steelers game. Frank you know, Reich like, or Chuck Pagano never butchered the clock? Yes. <laughs> and they all got fired. Yeah. So to answer your question, yes. Uh, this is the chance to hit the reset button. I just think you need somebody totally new to the organization, a new young quarterback. I don't want any more of these old guys that are just a few years away from a nursing home. Blow this thing up. Start it up. And, man, that's going to be a long road back. You look at how good these quarterbacks are in the AFC and how young they are. Man, this is like the hell that we're getting for being spoiled for so long as Colts fans. When it was Peyton and then Andrew Luck, this is the payback for all of those years. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. Do I, did, did I see that 
Headline on Fox News, do we have a new RNC chair, or is it the same, is it Rana? Rana McDaniel. Okay, so she, uh, she's got the, she got the gig. Right. So, think about this. If you are somebody that thought that the midterm elections were very underwhelming for the Republicans, let's look at the people in charge. It's a group that I call the McFailures. You have Ronna McDaniel at the RNC, <laughs> Kevin McCarthy in the House, and cocaine Mitch McConnell <laughs> in the Senate. The McFailures and every freaking one of these guys and girl got Put back in a position of power, Nige. It's almost like the Republicans aren't serious about wanting to win. Like, why would you keep putting the same people in the same positions of power if they keep losing? It's ridiculous. Now, the RNC race came down to Ronna McDaniel and Hermit Dillon. And we've had both of them on the show before. Hermit Dillon's a lawyer. Yes. Yeah, she's really good. And it turns out that Rhonda McDaniel, she got the votes. The establishment wins again. And we'll see if anything changes. Now, so far, (laughs) so far, Kevin McCarthy has at least changed a little bit. Now, he hasn't had to pass any legislation per se yet. He hasn't signed off onto anything really. But he's shaking things up in committees and removing you know, Schiff and right. and Fartwell and those guys. Right. Now so, it's time for some investigations. Yes. Now we got to get down to the bottom of some things. If he starts bringing up some investigations, okay. Maybe it's a new Kevin McCarthy, but I've seen this movie before. The same people get put in the same positions and the McFailures are going to do what they do best. Find a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. That being said, let's shift gears and do some vaccine stuff. Pharmacies, antibodies, side effects, vaccine stuff. Did you watch the Project Veritas video in its entirety? Um... The one where he was on the date or the second one where James O'Keefe sat down with him and kind of confronted him? Which one are you talking about? Both. Either one. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. For those who don't know what we're talking about, maybe you've been busy, haven't been paying attention, because certainly the (laughs) national media hasn't covered the story, which they should have done. Project Veritas, which is this undercover camera crew, they got somebody named Jordan... Tristan Walker, who's an employee of Pfizer. Now, they claim he's the director of one of their research and development departments, and they got this guy to admit on camera to somebody that he thought was a date, but it was actually a plant from uh, Project Veritas, that Pfizer plans to mutate the COVID virus to keep it going so they can profit off the vaccine sales. Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID? Well, that is not what we say to the public. No. Don't tell anyone what's going on. You got probably don't tell you. You got probably don't tell anyone. We're exploring, like, no, you know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating viruses. So this guy that works at Pfizer thinks he's on a date with this other guy, and he's popping off. This is allegedly their third date. Yeah, we're going to mutate this thing so we can keep making money. 
Meanwhile, the date was actually an undercover journalist from Project Veritas. This was the moment that we're getting ready to play for you right now, that James O'Keefe, the head of Project Veritas, comes out and confronts this guy. He, he was. This is a different night. This guy's in a coffee shop, right? right? The same guy. This guy, this Pfizer manager. And he shows up and he's got the iPad and he's showing him and playing for him his own words. And this lunatic, Jordan Tristan Walker of Pfizer, starts freaking out, gets violent at one point, starts breaking equipment. Hey there. Is this seat taken? You work for <laughs> Pfizer. My question for you is, why does Pfizer want to hide from the public the fact that they're mutating the COVID viruses? Is this real life? I'm literally a yeah. liar. What, I was trying to impress name? a person on a date What's your by question? lying. I really on a birthday with a guy, and like normal men, you lie to impress a date. Mutating viruses? Do you do you do you not work for Pfizer? This guy, I thought he was a date. Yeah, this please, is please, absurd. Please don't touch. You f off. You really did. Please unlock. Please unlock the door. Please unlock the door. He's throwing stuff now. He's a nut job. We're trying to get to unlock the door. Unlock the door. I love it. That's how you try to brag and impress a date is admit <laughs> that that you're uh, doing gain of function research on the coronavirus. Oh, I guess I won't be needing these pants anymore. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me that on the first uh, oh, date? Oh, baby. Oh, please tell me more about how this virus that's killed so many people, you're going to mutate it. I've never been more turned on. Basically, he's saying Pfizer, this, according to this guy anyway, Pfizer's doing the same thing that the Wuhan lab was doing, that right. EcoHealth Alliance was funding, in part. And he got caught, and he got busted, and what you just heard <laughs> was a desperate man seeing his career fly by in front of his eyes. Now, that's a strong piece of journalism right there by Project Veritas. You can like or... You cannot like guerrilla style, gotcha style of journalism. But the fact of the matter is, James Keefe got somebody from Pfizer to admit that, yeah, they're trying to keep this thing going. Why isn't this at least being covered on the other news networks? NBC, ABC, CBS. And I'll, I'll go one step further. You haven't heard from Pfizer on this. Any comment from Pfizer on this? Not that I've seen. Our pal Jesse Waters of Fox and Tucker Carlson, they've each reached out to Pfizer. Now, keep in mind, Pfizer's PR department, they got a lot of money. It's been a good last couple of years for the Pfizer folks. They've got a lot of money invested in their PR department. No one has returned emails, messages, or calls. So somebody's going to have to find out what's going on here. Now, Pfizer's probably going to say, this guy's a nobody. This guy doesn't really have any sort of pull here at Pfizer. We have fired him. We've moved on. But the question is, was he really part of the research and development team? And was he telling the truth to somebody he thought was a date? Somebody on their third date sitting down at this diner. You know, maybe he felt comfortable at this point. And who lies to impress somebody <laughs> saying, oh, yeah, we're going to mutate this thing. Maybe people <laughs> that's, that's are dying, but we're going to make money. That's the funniest part. Yeah, we're doing gain-of-function research uh, right there in uh, the uh, the Pfizer lab. Well, isn't that, isn't that what they were doing in Wuhan? Yep. <laughs> that's ridiculous. What do you think? And he winks at him. 
<laughs> and then James O'Keefe shows up, and man, the meltdown was on. Uh, James, can I get some mood music, please? Dateline the UK. Another one bites the dust. The UK is following Denmark in restricting who is eligible for COVID booster shots. Restricting who's eligible? The new targeted program will focus vaccination offers for those who are the most vulnerable. Now, they're not saying you can't get it if you're somebody that's younger, but they're not going to be pushing it anymore. Yeah. um, What I glean from this is that the the hysterical COVID quote-unquote emergency is over, and the health officials in the UK know that. Listen to this stat. Uh, Less than 0.1% per week since April of 2022 was getting booster shots. Less than what? 0.1% per week in all eligible people under 50 years of age were getting the booster. So to push the the booster schedule would be ridiculous. 0.1% is a joke. There's still no mention at all in any of these news studies that I've seen. Um, although Reuters does have a headline here that I'm looking at, uh, the, the CDC is still looking at potential stroke risks from Pfizer's COVID shot. But the FDA just voted yesterday to uh, unanimously in favor of a one-shot COVID vaccine approach, which is a huge shift in the government's COVID vaccine policy. So that becomes like a flu shot then, right? The one-shot approach, <laughs> seasonal? Yeah, yeah, so instead of putting out, and this is in the U.S., what you were talking about just now, the the U.K. is right. is, is restricting or 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 saying you know only people at extreme risk of COVID can get the vaccine. Um, there, there's a shift here in the United States of the yes, the once a year flu vaccine. So instead of putting a booster in your arm every time a new variant hits, this is you know the guidance is switching to recommend a yearly COVID shot like you do with the flu. Uh, in, uh, again, in other words, there's such a low percentage of people waiting to get their sixth booster shot. And I think that this has been the plan all along is to try to normalize the shot even more now by saying, yeah, just get it once a year like the flu. Eh. Now, eh. we but- came into this break playing Another One Bites the Dust. Would you like to hear the Pee Wee Herman tequila remix of Another One Bites the Dust, Oh, Nige? really? Good. A little something for your Friday right there. All right, Matt Bear, I hear we've got a little drama on 70. Amber and Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I'll run some stories by you. You tell us if the story is anything or not. Okay. 
After the Eagles' big win over the Giants last weekend, Eagles defensive back C.J. Gardner-Johnson walked out of the Lincoln Financial Field to find that his car had been stolen. No, they played in Philly, right? That was It was a home game. Yeah, it was a home game. Here's (laughs) his video post from the parking lot. Who took my car? Wow. Wow. That's how y'all getting down in Philly? After a win? <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This guy, he's a defensive back, plays for the Eagles, uh, potentially going to the Super Bowl. They got the big win over the Giants, and he walks out to the parking lot to an empty parking spot where his car should have been. Somebody stole it. Hey, those Philadelphia fans, they don't care. I mean, those, these, these are the fans that threw batteries and snowballs at Santa. Correct. <laughs> These are the same people that are stealing the play. That's awesome. After a awesome, win. But how does that happen? Criminals have like, no loyalty, apparently. <laughs> I know, but is it the, isn't it monitored? I mean, aren't there security gates? Is you just park? Do the players just have to find some spot to park on the curb? It's a secure like, lot, yeah. but the security was watching the game. So. <laughs> Security, they're Eagles fans too, and they let uh, somebody come in and steal his car. That's ridiculous. Is this anything? Wow. Uh, The TV series Velma with Mindy Kaling, it's on HBO Max, is the worst rated animated show in IMDb history. (laughs) It has a rating of 1.3 out of 10 and more than 52,000 votes from users, the majority of them saying, this show stinks. Here's an example of Velma. My name is Velma Dinkley, and this is my story told my way. I'm not dissing her. She has no brain. Okay, you can stop. You can stop. It's like a Scooby-Doo. It's it's a Scooby-Doo prequel concentrated on Velma. Mindy Kaling is Velma. And 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 she tried to wokeify it. It, right everything basically. super progressive um she you know she changed a bunch of the races of the characters like you know uh, velma is now south asian daphne is east asian and the guy who eventually becomes shaggy is black which is that you know fine do what you want i mean it's your thing to do but I, I don't think people are really responded too favorably to this with this new woke version of scooby-doo yeah and the like, ratings are atrocious for this thing. I'm just saying, like, when you try to fix something, like, I'm going to go back and fix this because there are certain stereotypes. That, uh, uh, Channing Tatum, who has the rights to Ghost. Weren't we talking about this the other day? Yes. He wants to, to, to remake Ghost um, and uh, because he didn't like the stereotypes that were uh, portrayed. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg won a friggin' Oscar for that her role in that movie. My favorite thing about that story is the official Twitter account of Charlie Sheen. Now, he's only tweeted a couple times in the last year, but he he tweeted about that. There was a link to the story, and it was just, please don't. <laughs> so, like, of all the things happening in the world the last couple of years, Charlie Sheen chose to tweet, please don't, about that story. <laughs> it's the Hammer and Nigel show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. What is this, week three of the General Assembly here in Indiana? Week three. Oh, okay. One of the things I was looking at was uh, it's kind of interesting. Lawmakers are trying to clamp down on the tracking devices being used to follow someone without their knowledge. Do you know about this? these things? Well, kind of. Now, I have got an app on my phone and my kids have apps on their phone called Live 360. And I use this to kind of keep an eye on my oldest when he's driving. I can see how fast he's going. I can see where he's going. That type of thing. Is that the type of tracking devices we're talking about? Well, I think so, but except the person doesn't know they're being tracked is the the caveat here. So... So well, that's different. Then, if somebody yeah. doesn't know they're being tracked, that's completely different. They they would make placing a tracking device on somebody or their property without their knowledge a uh, class C misdemeanor. Because then that so kind of gets into the stalking category, yeah, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. If you use one of these apps uh, or install one of these apps and you're using it on somebody that doesn't know it's being used, yeah, I mean, that's of course it could be used for stalking. Of course. I'm looking at the uh, plan here. Three bills introduced in Indiana Senate would also heighten the punishment for somebody that's basically stalking, planting some sort of tracking device without consent from a class C felony to a, I'm sorry, class C misdemeanor to a class A misdemeanor. So this has to have consent, just like if you were getting ready to have some sort of relationship with somebody, there has to be consent with these tracking devices. They have to know they're being tracked. But honestly, I don't know why this is such a big deal. Your iPhone, it's tracked. I got news for you. If you have an iPhone, if you use TikTok, if you use any of these apps, people know where you're at. Have you ever been stalked before? Uh, No. Not really. I guess I haven't been loved enough. (laughs) They always say, you know, unless you've been stalked, you haven't really been loved. I don't know if I've been loved that much. What about you? Uh... Nah, nobody cared. Creditors to stop count. Me. Yeah, <laughs> nobody really cared. Boy, they really called every five minutes for a uh, while when I was in college. Maybe I, I've been probably thought I was the stalker if I wouldn't, you know, leave somebody alone like I wanted a date. Oh, they wouldn't call me back. You were like Frank the Tank in old school, <laughs> leaving voicemail after voicemail, driving yeah. down the road, aren't you? Yeah, I felt like I was stalking. Uh, uh, Berenson earlier today, actually. We t- were trying to get Alex Berenson on the show, and I texted him, and he's like, yeah, let's do it. And then I never heard back from him. He ghosted you. <laughs> he ghosted me. <laughs> I even tried to call him, and it went straight to voicemail. And so now I feel like, oh, I guess he doesn't want to come on the show. <laughs> you re- remember that? I was trying. I mean, You're like, having we relationship went- problems with Alex Berenson. He was-, <laughs> <laughs> he was texting me. He's like, what's your most listened to hour? You know, that, that kind of thing. Wants to know when, right. you know. Um, but he did just file a lawsuit uh, against Joe Biden today. Oh, so there's that. So so that he may have been busy with that. But then don't tell me, <laughs> don't tell me, yeah, let's do it. And ask me what time the highest rated hour is. And then, and then ghost me. So you know what he did, right? He's the hot chick at the bar. He is. And you walked up, hey, you and I should hang out tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. And then she turns around and walks away. That's you to Alex Berenson right now. You're like, now. I'm kind of an Alex Berenson fanboy. 
to be honest. Right. You know, he's been on our show a ton. He's been one of the leading cr- critical voices against uh, the measures that were taken against us in, in, in terms of COVID and lockdowns and vaccines and uh, using data. Very, very real. He's on Tucker all the time. But uh, I guess he's, I mean, you were in there when I tried to call him. Right. It's just it one ring and then it went straight to voicemail. Which means it didn't go just straight to voicemail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He saw who was calling <laughs> and he hit the button. <laughs> God, Nigel well, again? Yeah. What does this guy want? He thinks we're friends. In Nigel's mind, he's hanging out with other radio guys. And <laughs> Nigel's sad. You know what? Though, Baronson, <laughs> let me tell you what he did. We, the, after the Colts, after that brutal loss where the record comeback in the NFL. Um, what, Minnesota. They, they were playing Minnesota. It, uh, set a record for the biggest comeback. It, it, you know, the, we're down th- 33 points. After that game was over, he just texted me one word. Ouch. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> man, come on. I don't text you when the Jets do horrible. Which is pretty much every game. <laughs> Misery loves so, company so here. Maybe Alex, I, come maybe, on the show maybe, again. Maybe, maybe, I could, maybe, I, maybe he thinks I'm a stalker. I don't know. Whatever. Um, speaking of stalkers, we got the video footage today, the body cam video of the officers arriving when that weird guy had broken into the Pelosi's house. David DePap? Or David DePap, DePape, Buka DePape, I have no idea. <laughs> but this dude is inside the Pelosi house. Now, Nancy's not there, but Paul's there. And... The audio you're about to hear is when the well, police arrive. Here's the thing, and we'll play the 911 audio later. But the 911 audio of Paul Pelosi calling, you know, calling 911. He sounded calm. He's like, "Hey, there's this guy in my house. Uh, he says we're friends. He's not leaving." It's very calm, sort of tone from Paul Pelosi. But at the same time, that guy's sitting there with a the hammer. And he's waiting for Nancy Pelosi. So I, I guess what I'm saying is the 911 call, he didn't sound too concerned that there was an intruder in his house. But at the same time, maybe trying to play it cool so this guy wouldn't freak out. Right. So now the officers are knocking on the door. And what they see when they open the door is Paul Pelosi with a drink in one hand, no pants on, and holding a hammer the other guy, David DePappy, is also holding the hammer, looking to maybe kind of attack him with it. And then you'll hear uh, the cops go, oh, crap, because this guy cracks Paul Pelosi in the head with the hammer. But at first, they think everything, like, what are you guys doing? This guy's got a drink in his hand. They're kind of wrestling, wrestling around with a hammer. And then at the end, listen to Paul, poor Paul Pelosi, man, and knocked him out. And he starts snoring like real bad. Hi. How you doing? How are you? What's going on, man? Everything's good. Drop the hammer. Um, nope. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. What is going on right now? I'm not getting an answer. I'm calling. Oh, 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 Give me your f***ing hand. Give me your f***ing hand. So that last sound, it sounded like somebody starting up a chainsaw was Pelosi snoring after he'd been knocked out. By the hammer. Yeah. Again, I've got more questions now than I had before the video even came out. I think Pelosi really, when it was said and done, I don't don't think he knew that guy. What was that? What was that? Um, I don't think he knew who this guy was. I think he was just trying to, like, be calm 
and try to, you know, because he knew, he kind of knew the guy was going to try to hit him with the hammer. The cops go, you know, put down the hammer. And DePape goes, nope, not going to do it or something like that. And that's when he slammed him in the head. Then he's one of the greatest actors I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Because when that door opens up, he seems calm. He's got a drink. He doesn't have his pants on. <laughs> I'm not sure if I buy that there wasn't something else going on in there. I don't know, but the whole thing is really weird. Like, I knew it would be weird. I didn't think it would be this weird. So, no questions really have been answered about what was going on, but this DePappy guy uh, charged with it in custody, and this guy is a lunatic. Lives in, like, a school bus nearby uh, the Pelosi residence. Got a lot of, like, Antifa and BLM stuff all around his school bus where he lives just a crazy crazy story all right coming up next in studio we've got the beach grove high school bowling team cool. we've got the semi-state happening tomorrow we'll talk to the hornets next Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. So we got some good news and we got some bad news. The bad news is Tuesday of next week, you're looking at low temperatures around 13. The good news is tomorrow... Sunshine in around 50. Right now, it's 38 at the American Standard Heating Weather Center at 93 WIBC. Keep on rolling, baby. You know what time it is. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right across from me with some very special in-studio guests. We're calling this group our designated drivers here on this Beer Sample Friday. Uh, We've got the sectional champion (laughs) Beach Grove High School bowling team is here. Gentlemen, big semi-state is tomorrow. You guys won the sectional. You advanced in the regional. Now, the official intern of the show, Chris Hammer, he is uh, going to introduce everybody here. So we got Donnie Sutton over here, bowled a 300 earlier this season. My Donnie. man. Uh, behind him, we got Caden Lunsford up there. We got Connor Horsley over here. Behind me, we got Ryan Bennett and Nathan Wallace. Okay. Now, Donnie, there's one member of this team that's not here. Who's that? Nate Gallagher. Nate Gallagher. All right. So, Ryan, this is your responsibility. Make fun of Nate Gallagher for not being here. Get on the microphone right now. Make fun of Nate Gallagher for not being here. Um, Nate Gallagher could not be here because uh, he didn't want to interfere with his schoolwork. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. Come on. Come on. Just make something up. Just make something up, Chris. He's not here because he's goofy. Thank you. He's so goofy, he doesn't want to be here. That's what we're looking for. Hey, I think a lot of people would be surprised that that, that that high schools even have bowling teams. Is this a, a new thing? Is this a recent thing that, that high schools have bowling teams, or have they been around for a while? Yeah, they've been around for a while. For about 
I'd say about 30 years. 30 around years? Around They've not been around for 30 around years. There. You're so full of crap. I, I don't know. I just guessed. <laughs> just well, you've got a future in radio, my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just throw sure. crap against the wall and hope it sticks. Yep. Some people make a good living doing that. Wait, so, Donnie, you're the, you're the kid on the team that did the 300, right? Yep. I mean, that's and that's um, a pretty tough thing to do, right? Yeah. How, how common is that uh, amongst uh, high school bowling leagues? Uh, not really that common. Okay. Yeah. So you're yeah. doing both tomorrow. You've got the individual uh, semi-state, which you advance to, yep. and we've got the team competition as well. Now, Connor, come up here. You experienced an amazing run a year ago. You were part of the basketball team yes. that went on the run and won the state championship. Oh, right on. So have you had a chance to look at all these other kids and go, I don't take losses, and <laughs> yeah. explain to them what it takes to win this thing? It takes a lot of hard work. It's like... Uh... <laughs> It's hard work. It yeah, is. I mean, you guys practice work. a lot. Yeah, we practice every day. Do you do anything other than bowling when you go to practice? It's it's always just yeah, bowling. Yeah, they ski, a Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, do you do push-ups or or do you wear you know, wear special gloves or something like that? Conditioning. Like uh, sometimes when uh, our teammate misses a spare, we'll make him do push-ups as a punishment. <laughs> okay. Nathan, okay. Nathan. The team does not actually do the push-ups. Nathan, Nathan Wallace. Nathan. Donnie. <laughs> Calling out Nathan not being able to do the push-ups. Caden, jump up here real quick. Now, take me through uh, the season so far. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here. New Pal had been a thorn in your guys' side for a long time. Yes. They would beat you all the time. And finally, total pun intended, you slayed the dragon and you advanced winning the sectional. Do I have this right? Yes. Yes, we did. Okay. Now, they're still around. You haven't eliminated New Pal. Mm -hmm. Like, when the Colts finally beat the Patriots, you know, the Patriots were gone. Yeah. They beat them in 2006. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. You didn't have the Patriots coming back a week later. How does this work? Like, how does the semi-state work? Teams that might not have won sectionals or regionals are going to be there, right? Yeah. So how many teams advance? Nathan, you get up here and get in the mix here, because I feel like you should at least talk after they called you weak for not being able to do push-ups. <laughs> um, how does this work? How many teams advance through? Get in the mic. Now, come on. Oh, <laughs> like, you've been a disappointment Wallace. the entire time you've been Wallace. here. Wallace. Come on. There were sectionals, it was, what, three teams? Yeah. And then mm -hmm. regionals, it was four. And then semi-state's going to be six, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you guys got to finish in the top six tomorrow yeah. Yeah. to advance. Mm -hmm. All right. You got this. Chris, where's the uh, semi-state at? Uh, it's at Expo Bowl over there in Beach Grove. Right across oh, it's a home game. Times. Yes, right sir. On. Home field. Oh, man. We're going to show up. We're going to bring the Walmart fight women. We're going to bring <laughs> yes. them all out. We're going to get loud. We're going to get rowdy. And, uh, man, we're going to have a good time. Good luck, boys. Good Thank luck, you. everybody. Southside represent Bowling High School Semi-State Expo Bowl tomorrow in Beach Grove. Root on the Hornets. You guys are awesome. Good luck. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock Oh, the clock is ticking. We are getting closer and closer to officially kickstarting this weekend with Beer Sample Friday. You're going to like what I have today. You're going to like what I brought in. 
Let's you wouldn't say, tell me what it was. It's a secret. I'll just say, I'll just keep it at this. It's local. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. It's it's made locally. All right. That's made. a little teaser for you. So coming up about 548, <laughs> we will officially kickstart the weekend with Beer Sample Friday. But first, let's check in with wheeling, dealing, hair sniffing, kiss stealing Joe Biden. I got hairy legs. And I'm not stupid. The guy takes a revealing picture of his naked friend. <laughs> so, uh, so Joe Biden today officially announcing that Jeff Zients is his next White House chief of staff. Ron Klain is jumping off the Titanic. I'm out of here. And so this guy, Jeff Zients, he's the chief of staff. He was the head of um, the Biden's administration's COVID response. He's really actually a funny guy. Really? Like he's he's like a party guy. It's, a, it's the kind of guy that walks into a room and you just want to be around and it makes you laugh. And it's just everybody's drawn to this guy. For the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death for yourselves, <laughs> your families. In the hospitals, you may soon overwhelm. You got me. You got me. I thought you found some sort of hidden piece of audio of this guy. But instead, he's hiring the guy that brought to you the winter of death speech. Unvaccinated. Unvaccinated. You're looking at a winter of severe illness and death. That, that's your new chief of staff. That's who actually is running the country. You know, for the longest time, we speculated that it was Susan Rice, the uh, you know crazy Benghazi lady, and uh, uh, Ron Klain that were uh, behind the scenes running the country. So it's this guy, his uh, former, uh, uh, you know, uh, head of the response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Boy, he's a bucket of fun. He's a bucket of laughs. I can't wait to hear all the good time party stories coming out of this guy. He's a bucket of lies, too, apparently. Right, right. That whole, it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Remember yeah. that? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, hey, you want to hear a lie? <laughs> yes. Well, Joe Biden did a little speech and said that wages are up. The wages are up. No, they're not. <laughs> Let me repeat that. No, they're not. The wages are up. No, he just said they were. Real wages for typical families have fallen for 21 consecutive months. But that's not what the president said. The wages are up. He'll read anything that's on the prompter. He's Ron Burgundy at this point. Uh, when Biden took office, inflation was at 1.4%. Gas prices were at about two thirty nine a gallon. And real wages were up. Now, gas is about three fifty a gallon. Real wages competing against inflation are down. Inflation is higher. Yeah. And families basically had a pay cut for the last 21 months. The wages are up. No. They're not, Joe. Oil uh, experts saying, by the way, we could see an average of four dollars uh, a gallon of gasoline by March. Hmm. Well, I'm glad you bring that up because old Hair Sniff McGee, yeah, he also told families that were struggling to afford gas, you know, or to buy a new energy efficient car. Maybe if you've got some financial problems, 
The way you get around that is buy a new fridge. And by the way, families are going to save more than $1,000 a year in tax credits for these vehicles when they purchase one. And energy-efficient appliances like refrigerators and washing machines. Oh, wow. There you go. You know, a a guy making $45,000 a year, maybe a a single-family home, all you got to do is buy a Tesla and a brand-new fridge, and it'll save $1,000 in tax credits. Imagine being somebody that walks up to the president. You know, you meet him at one of these town halls. Excuse me, President Biden, my family is really hurting. We can't afford gas. Groceries are up. And he looks at you, better buy a fridge then. Good luck buying that next fridge. High fives his cronies and he walks off. He Uh, drives off in his Tesla. (laughs) No, he doesn't have one. He's got a Corvette. He tells you to buy a Tesla and he keeps the Corvette next to all the classified documents. Uh, Joe Biden also falsely claiming that American families are breathing a little bit easier. We're also seeing American families breathe a little easier again. Who's believing this? I know it's his job to read whatever's on the prompter because at this point he's just dentures in a suit. There's nothing upstairs. But does anybody buy that this economy is humming along at this point? And wages are up. <laughs> families, middle class families, are struggling. I mean, I see at the you know we'll talk to this uh, we'll talk to the crazy coupon lady about this. Your wife here coming up uh, for some deals. But I, I like I've noticed that like my favorite thing during the week to eat here at the studio is I I bring in lunch meat. Either a sandwich or I wrap it, you know, try to save some carbs, wrap it in some Kobe Jack cheese. There you go. And uh, it's doubled. The price of like boar's head meat, like uh, for a pound and a half, is $15. That's ridiculous. And it wasn't $15 last year or the year before. So don't tell me that, well, all you got to do is buy a fridge and this will be fixed or wages are up. Wages are up. (laughs) 72% of middle class families say they are financially falling behind because of the inflation problem right now. Now, if we're looking at 2024, Joe Biden He acts like he wants to run. Whether or not he's going to, we don't know yet. But one man has officially declared, and that is Donald Trump. He posted a video on his Truth Social platform today about what's happening in Washington, D.C. The D.C. City Council sounds like they're way more progressive even than Indianapolis is, if that's even possible. They put forth this plan to basically let the jails open wide, get some people out. It's kind of a back alley way to defund the police. And Donald Trump wasn't a fan. The left-wing lunatics on the Washington, D.C. City Council have passed a radical bill to throw open the jailhouse doors, set loose violent felons, and let criminals run wild. I just wonder, are they going to allow the patriots of January 6th to go Or are they going to be the only ones in jail in Washington, D.C.? The bill is a horrific catalog of the sickest and most twisted ideas of the radical Democrats defund the police crusade. And remember, for all of the police that are listening, they want to defund the police. That's where they started, and that's where they want to finish. It reduces penalties for carjackers. It lowers penalties for robberies. It slashes penalties for convicted felons committing gun crimes. It eliminates almost all mandatory minimum sentences 
Murders in D.C. are up 63% year-to-date, yet the bill even makes murderers and rapists eligible for early release. Wow. And he's definitely right about that January 6th thing. I mean, that guy that put his feet up on the desk about Nancy Pelosi, looking at spending the rest of his life in jail. Are are they going to let him out? There are people that have murdered people that will probably get out before the guy in the buffalo hat. (laughs) It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Here's a little bit more from the former president. Congress should immediately send a resolution to Joe Biden's desk rejecting this week on crime agenda. Biden will then face the stark choice. Does he stand with murderers, rapists and carjackers and violent criminals or does he stand with the law-abiding citizens of our nation's capital. Biden must be forced to stop this bill, or Washington, D.C. will become a hellscape of bloodshed, (laughs) looting, trauma, and death, which it already is. Right now, the city has the worst record on crime and murder that it's ever had. It's through the roof. They want to make it much worse, and they'll do it if this passes. So end it right now. So he, he was talking about Washington, D.C., not Indianapolis, right? Correct. I got confused there. Too. <laughs> but this is why local elections yeah. matter. you got to show up and vote in your local elections, or lunatics like that make the policy in your hometown. All right, we got the crazy coupon lady coming up. we got Abdul coming up right now. Matt Baer's got to look at the roads. Hammer and Nigel Show. Stop, stop, stop it. 93 WIPC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer has the honor of introducing our very special guest on the drivehubler.com hotline. She saves you money and she lives with me. She is the Uh-oh. crazy coupon lady, Crystal Hammer, hey, joining Crystal. us. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? True or false, every time I have an egg McMuffin or an egg sandwich or something egg-related, I get a lecture from you and you show sympathy to Nigel. Uh, That is true. Actually, I think a lot of times if I cook you eggs in the morning before you go to work, the first thing I do is I send a text to to Nigel and say, Nigel, I'm sorry. (laughs) All it is is an apology. I have no uh, understanding of the context. And then when I finally get here and have to share a studio with them, now I understand what Crystal was apologizing for. That's all egg and Budweiser diet starting to come back and uh, be a problem. Um, I'm starting to you're lactose intolerant. Well, yeah, milk does that a little bit to me, too. Like, oh, that could be it. The older I get, man, it's weird. My body <laughs> reacts to different things. I used to be able to do like the gallon challenge, and it's no problem. Now I have some Oreos and milk, and I'm on the can in about 10 minutes. That is that is true. I mean, it's, it's bad. I, and I tried... Nigel, I really try not to feed him eggs, but sometimes in the morning he's like, man, I just really want some scrambled eggs. And I'm like, okay. You know what? <laughs> you need to go on that fasting diet to where you don't eat until like noon. So you, so you can avoid that whole thing. Yeah, like I only eat from like noon to seven. Yeah. And then, so you won't come in here stinking like uh, raw egg farts. The way I see it, though, like I don't want to stink up my house, so I'll yeah. stink up the studio yeah, instead. You will. <laughs> yeah, you will. Uh, wow. Speaking of eggs and dairy and all that kind of stuff, do you have any sales or deals on that? Because that's what everybody's talking about right now is how expensive that stuff is. 
I don't. Um, so I get those coupons in the mail from Kroger, you know, each month. They're supposed to be your, like, customer appreciation ones. And the most I've gotten is a 40 cents off of 18 count of eggs. I'm like, what is that, buy 17, get one free? <laughs> <laughs> That's what the drug dealers do, right? The first one, it's on them. And then after that, they hook you. And Nigel and yeah. I had a story the other day. We now have reports of egg smugglers coming across the southern border. A 300% increase of illegal eggs have been seized at certain ports. It's crazy because I used to get my coupon, my customer appreciation coupon, used to be I'd get an 18 count of eggs free because, you know, I have two teenage boys plus Jason. I mean, we do go through a lot of eggs. So normally I get a free 18 count of eggs. Now I just get 40 cents off of 18 counts. Have you noticed, too, that like, uh, we go through a lot of lunch meat at our house, and I'm literally paying double what we were a year ago for yeah. our favorite brand of uh, either sliced chicken or turkey. I, it's literally yeah. a, a fifteen pound, a $15 for a pound and a half. Well, now, do you like the packaged lunch meat, or do you we go, go to, to the, the deli? deli. Have it. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, that's how Jason and the boys like it, too. Sometimes you can get good deals on the packaged lunch meat, but I agree it doesn't taste as good as getting it fresh from the deli. Okay. And it's expensive. Now, this brings us to things that we like, right? We each like the deli lunch meat. We learned a valuable lesson in the Hammer House yeah. recently. You had a deal on a barbecue sauce that we don't normally use, but the deal was insane. I think you talked about it on this segment a couple weeks ago. What did we I, learn I from that? Right. Well, don't buy barbecue sauce that you don't really know because it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, did yeah. um, Let me write that down. So, don't write barbecue. Don't buy barbecue sauce because it sucks. Okay. It, it's amazing how all the different brands of barbecue sauce taste different. And I had a really great deal on this barbecue sauce. I think I paid like 25 cents a jar. And, and I bought five of them, you know, just to put in my pantry. And, yeah, we had barbecued chicken on the grill the other night. And even Chris was like, what kind of barbecue sauce is this? <laughs> and, and, now, like, and now you've got four more on your shelf. <laughs> Did you just toss them all out? I didn't toss them out. Um, you know, maybe somebody else might like it. I might, you know, mm. donate it or something. I haven't tossed it out yet. I don't know. It's still sitting there. Salvation Army's like, no thanks. <laughs> G- Gleaner's, Gleaner's Food Bank is like, take that out of here. I don't want that. <laughs> haven't these people suffered enough? <laughs> so, again, the lessons learned here, do not buy things just because it's a good deal if you do not know if you like the product. Okay, so we've got a deal on something we do like this week, correct? Well, yeah, it's actually on Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce, which is the oh, staple yeah. in the Hammer household. Um, Sweet Baby Ray's is regularly uh, four forty nine um, for a bottle. It's on sale for two ninety nine. Now this week, uh, Kroger has when you buy five or more of the participating items, you get a dollar off each item. So that makes them a dollar ninety nine. And then Ibotta has a rebate for fifty cents back per bottle, so you can get them for a dollar forty nine a bottle. So normally they're about five bucks a bottle now, and you could yes. get them down to about a buck and a half, right? Okay. Yeah, a buck and a half, um, up to five. There's a limit of five. Okay. Now, when you say there's a limit of five or things like that, you don't have to buy just five 
barbecue sauces or five sweet baby Ray's products. That could be mixed and matched with other things. Is that right? That is correct. So basically what I'm doing here is I'm using the store sale of the when you buy five or more participating items, you save a dollar off each bottle and the Ibotta rebate. Now, Ibotta rebate, it is a limit of five. So if you want to save that additional 50 cents off of that barbecue sauce, you can only do five because after that, you will not get the Ibotta rebate. But with the Kroger, when you buy five, you can buy Anything after five items, and you could do like one barbecue sauce, you could do another deal, another deal, as long as it is a participating product. And once you've hit five, you that's it. Anything after that, you're still going to continue to get that dollar off each product. All right. What else you got? Okay, we also have some um, sour cream. This is something I recommend Jason stay away from. <laughs> uh, the Breakstone sour cream, regularly two ninety nine on sale for a dollar ninety nine. Again, part of that when you buy five or more, so you're going to save a dollar. It makes it just ninety nine cents a container. Ibotta is giving you back a dollar per container, so you're going to actually make a penny. How so much, it'll be completely free. Do you have an estimation on how much money you saved or received back in Ibotta bucks or whatever they're called? I mean, how much how much money, like the rebate app, how much money have you? I started using that in March of last year, and I am at, I think, $2,500. Wow. Now, I do have referrals because I do put my code out there for people to get started so that they can get extra money added to their account. And I do get money from them signing up with my referral account. But I think if I looked at it correctly, I saved, I think, $1,700 in just rebates. Excellent. Now, I'm going to post your deals on our social media and your code there as well. As well, um, Do you have to pay taxes on that kind of stuff? We're into tax season here almost. I actually get that question a lot. Um, so, and I have found out the answer to that. So I, you do not have to pay taxes on the amount of rebates. So the stuff that you get back for each um, product that you buy through Ibotta. But you, if you go over a certain limit, I think it's $600 with referrals, you will have to fill out a form and have to pay the taxes on the referral part, and that's it. Okay, so if you're somebody that does a lot of the referrals, then probably you'll get taxed. But if not, it's probably not a big deal. Right, exactly. Excellent. We're going to get this posted online, the Hammer and Nigel Show Facebook and Twitter. Crazy coupon lady. Thank you so much. Thanks, Crystal. Thanks, guys. All right, we got Abdul coming up next. They're not booing, they're saying Abdul. He's coming up right after the news. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Abdul Hakeem Shabazz, writer for IndiePolitics.org and longtime host here on 93 WIBC, joining us in studio. Abdul, how are you? Doing well, my friends. How's everything going? Fresh cut there, bud. Thank you. I, was, <laughs> Hammer, first of all, before we get started, because we got a lot to go over here with Abdul, but he was cracking me up outside the hallway earlier, telling me about his barber and how he only lets black people cut his hair. <laughs> it got like racial. Did I? Yes. Did I? Did I? Uh, no, no. You described the conversation no, you, you, you accurately. Described it, you described it pretty much, pretty much accurately. <laughs> I do not let white people touch my hair unless I know they know how to cut black hair. I just don't do it. Uh, this is like oh god, thirty years ago when I was a college student up at Northern Illinois University, 
Normally, I go into the city to get my hair cut. You know, south side of town, African-American barber, knows how to cut black hair. But I couldn't get to town that weekend, so I had to go to this place called the Chicago Haircutting Company. And so, like, okay, I'll, I'll try it. So, scheduled appointment, got in. I'm sitting down, and the, the very nice lady, she starts washing my hair. I'm like, why are you washing my hair? My hair's not messed up. Like, oh, this is what we do. Like, okay, public health reasons, whatever. And then she's got the scissors in one hand and the razor in the other, and she's looking at me, and she's kind of staring like, you have no idea what to do here, do you? <laughs> she's like, no, I'm sorry. It's like, okay, you see that guy over there, the blonde guy? Yeah. Cutting his hair is like cutting the grass. Cutting my hair is like trimming the hedge. <laughs> so, and so I kind of walked her through it. And she actually did a really, really nice job. So like, oh. like, you guys really need to learn how to cut black hair. You'll actually, first of all, you'll make a whole lot more but Abdul's, But Abdul's policy from here on out is only black barbers touch your hair. Um, exactly. Or, or a white barber that I know for a fact knows how to cut black hair. <laughs> so ripping on white people, you're going to be the mayor of Indianapolis yet, Abdul. Congratulations. Hey, if you know how to cut black hair, you're fine. That's my, that's my thing. What's what is the what is the it's just the texture the uh, it's 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 the texture it's a, it's the shape and it's it's the whole nine yards you guys put the oil in we take the oil out is it like that scene in coming to America that'd be fifty five dollars what kind of berries and creams you got in here yeah <laughs> oh that nothing but ultra pur. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, no kunta from upstairs. <laughs> then he cuts right. off his, his, his ponytail like, that'd be $55. <laughs> it's about right. Uh, Abdul is with us. Uh, so where are you in your political future? Uh, we will make an official decision uh, next week, probably Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, we get the rest of our polling data back today. Uh, looks promising. Uh, the one thing I, I talked about with Rob this week was that uh, the mayor's re-elect numbers were actually uh, kind of Kind of concerning if you're the mayor, because only 33% of the voters we surveyed thought the mayor should get a third term, and 47% thought the city was going in the wrong direction. And those those are those are not good numbers if you're going into a third term. Now, granted, he's got $3 million in the bank, so money solves a multitude of issues, but it, but it shows that there is a, it's like I've always suspected there is a path to victory. Now I'm just getting the, the, the substantive data to back that up. Right. Did the prosecutor, Ryan Mears, have numbers that were similar to that? Because he ended up winning in a blowout by at least 20%. Uh, what I found out from the from the prosecutor's office, as well from the prosecutor's campaign, as well as uh, some other folks who polled in Marion County, that Joe's reelect numbers have always been like in the in the low 30s, and it's been like that for a while. Because also when we polled back in uh, September October, his numbers were also 33 percent. So that's pretty consistent for the past like six, seven months. That tells me that there's something there. Are people buying this big parade that they're doing over at the mayor's office and the city leaders? That crime is down. We can celebrate. Let's pat each other on the back. We didn't set a record last year, so we're doing something right. Yeah, once again, that's like me bragging about being valedictorian in summer school. Um, <laughs> yeah. one, once, once again, crime is a big issue and roads are a big issue. Right. And and, and so, But are people buying that? Because they're going to turn on the news and they're going to see Joe Hogsett telling Channel 13 or whoever it is, crime is down. And if you don't study this kind of stuff like we all do, you're probably going to think, all right, Joe, good job. He doesn't mention that it's only down compared to the record-breaking year, and it's still a top three. And January, this month, is the second most violent month, I believe, in the history of the city. And if you take out the mass shootings, it's actually the most violent month in in the city. I I, I don't think people necessarily buy it. I mean, you have... Voters who are less sophisticated, who will probably like, okay, yeah, crime's down, whatever. But the public perception is that crime in the city is out of control. 
Abdul with us. All right, so let's go to uh, your wheelhouse here, the Indiana State House, the General Assembly. We're about three weeks into this thing. What are the headlines? What's going on? Um, they're looking at the, the governor's public health initiative. They're looking at that. Also, they're passing uh, legislation that would uh, eliminate bail eliminate the requirement for bail in the state constitution for people who are violent, serious uh, offenders. Uh, so you got that going on. Is that spawned off of what happened the last couple of years where groups like the Bail Project would come in and get violent offenders back out on the streets relatively quickly? Uh, that's part of it, yeah. But the thing is, with, with Indiana, though, with the state constitution, bail can only be denied if you're convicted, if you're accused of murder or treason. And I don't think there are too many you know people fighting redcoats in Indiana, so <laughs> so murder has always been the big thing. Uh there, there, there are some statutes that says if the if the person is, is violent or dangerous, you can still hold them. You can raise the, raise the bill pretty high. But at the same time, though, I, I think that what's going to happen is I think I think it'll pass, but it's got to change the constitution so it needs two sessions of the Indiana General Assembly and then a vote by the taxpayers. This that is, sounds awfully complicated. Yeah, as as well That's a process. As, as, yeah, I mean, to change the constitution, it, it should be. Uh, yeah, sure. Nigel and I were talking about this yesterday, and on the subject of crime and punishment, not necessarily General Assembly here. Do you think Indiana will execute anyone ever again? The death penalty is legal in the state of Indiana, but they haven't executed anyone since 2009, I believe it is. I could be wrong, but I believe it's 2009. There are multiple people on Indiana's death row that are completely out of appeals. And who knows what's going to happen with this Delphi trial? One would think that the death penalty might be on the table there. But is that even a thing anymore? Um. Yes and no. How's that for a nice lawyerly answer? It's still a thing, but it's uh, most most death, most death penalties are done now by lethal injection, and there's been an issue with getting the chemicals that are necessary yeah. to carry out the execution. Actually, uh, witness an execution back in 1995, a uh, double execution back in Illinois. Uh, to two guys, it was like the first double execution in like 60 years. I was one of the one of the witnesses. Really? And, Did yeah. you like bring popcorn and stuff like that? And uh, I didn't bring snacks? popcorn, but but it was interesting because those of us. Who were no one? No one really changed their minds after witnessing both executions. If you were for the death penalty, you were more for it. If you were against the death penalty, you were even more against it. My my opinion on the death penalty now is I'm not necessarily a big fan because I've done the research. It's not really a deterrent, and it costs more to execute somebody than it does just keep them in life in prison. I said put them life in prison, solitary confinement. Don't let them have any human interaction with anybody. That to me is much a much worse crime than waiting 12 years and getting a lethal injection. If Hammer had access to watch a, 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 an execution, he'd be tailgating. I would. <laughs> I would. I'd start to wave in the room. Abdul, I'm on the other side. Listen, my tax dollars are going to get wasted anyway, and if we can get a bad guy off the earth, then do it. But I will say I always defer to what the family wants. Yeah. If the family of the victim says, you know what, we don't believe in killing another person, let him rot in jail, I'll defer to the family. But if the other family says, kill that SOB, we have the death penalty. And really, it feels like the ingredients are there. It's just that a lot of the big pharma companies don't want their products associated with killing people, so they make them incredibly hard to get. It's like it's not like there's a shortage. It's a moral issue with some of these pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, and once again, it's in, in the free market universe, you know, I want my product used for this. I don't want my product used used for that. Like I said, my thing is that at the end of the day, I don't think the death penalty is a, is a deterrent. I, I do believe that if you lock somebody up, put them away life in prison, solitary confinement, 
To me, that's a face worse than that's a fate worse than death. But they can't become celebrities in there because that little rotten sob that killed the officer in Beach Grove in my hometown, he does all these MSNBC prison shows and he does these interviews. And from what I've been told, he really thinks he's a celebrity in that joint. I want to say I want to say, I think New York had this. It was called like Son of Sam laws. It basically meant you couldn't profit off of yeah. off of your crime. So that that I have no no problem with. How difficult is this? trial going to be in Carroll County to the Delphi situation, the murders and and busing. I mean, you heard the news uh, yesterday or this week that jurors are going to be from Allen from Allen County from from Fort Wayne. And then I'm assuming they're going to get on a bus and, you know, pack your bags and And uh, death penalty cases or potential death penalty cases are always going to be complicated. You got to have certain types of lawyers to to do to do the type of work and that sort of thing. Um, I do. I do think uh, up in Delphi. It's going to be more of a challenge than they're used to because they just don't deal with this type of stuff on a regular daily, daily basis. Now, where we're going to put them in the hotel, where we're going to feed them for lunch every day, you know, we got to have alternate jurors as well as the same time. So it's it's going to be difficult, but I think they'll be able to get it done. So I want to get your opinion on what you think is going to happen in Memphis and possibly some other cities around our nation tonight. This police video is going to be released, body cam video of five officers from Memphis allegedly beating the hell out of a guy who ultimately dies of his injuries. I have not seen the video. I don't know what's on it. But the police department's kind of laying the groundwork of, it's a heinous video. We encourage you to please protest peacefully. Sounds like they're expecting a lot of violence tonight, Abdul. What do you think's going to happen? Um, like, like, like you, I haven't seen the video, so so we don't know yet. Does it matter that it was five black police officers that killed actually, a black victim? Actually, yes, I, I do think it does, because it takes the race of element out of it. So you can't say this is a white cop shooting an unarmed black man or whatever, the, what the usual sort of the narrative, narrative story is. <clears throat> These were African-American officers accused of killing an African-American man. To me, it's, 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 it's tragic to begin with, but at least we don't have the race element in this anymore. Will you see Black Lives Matter protest? I, I can see them protesting. And I can see the old line, you're too blue to be black. Oh. There, there's always that okay. for, 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 for black mm. police officers. Like, you know, too black to be blue, too blue to be black is always was what the old phrase used to be. So I would not be surprised if you start seeing those protest signs popping up tonight. Because the knock on Black Lives Matter is you only see them when a white guy kills a black guy, but when it's black on black crime, they're nowhere to be found. Exactly. So that's why I say you, I would not be surprised if you see the signs say, hey, they're too blue to be black. Imagine that. What's coming up on your big show this weekend? Uh, doing stuff with the legislature. Uh, talking to my good buddy Andy Downs with the Mike Downs Center into politics. Uh, talking to the Farm Bureau. Uh, also, uh, we're chatting uh, with uh, folks about property taxes. So, a uh, pretty big show today. Abdul, thank you. Hey, thank you. Nigel, ready for some beer? Uh, it's, I, I brought the uh, I brought the goods, and just a hint, it's not beer, and it's local. And oh. it is, um, you might go blind after tasting it. Well, I can't oh, wait for that. Yes. So, Beer Sample Friday, next on the Hammer and Nigel Show. <laughs> right now, Hammer and Nigel present oh, oh, oh. Uh, Beer Sample Fry. I got some beers. Let's drink them, huh? Beers on sale, people. Come down, get you some. Brought to you by our good friends at Thompson Furniture and Mattress in Columbus. My name is Nigel. Hammer is over there. Uh, it's not beer we're sampling today. I got. I took a little trip down to Decatur County last weekend. Right? Okay, all right. Lindsay's beautiful grandmother celebrating her 92nd birthday. Happy birthday! Family on her side got together there in Westport. 
And uh, her aunt Jen, Lindsay's aunt Jen, disappears down in the basement for a second. Comes back up. What do we got? Oh, ho, ho, ho! is this what I think it just, is? Just describe what's what. I mean, just describe what it is. What are you looking at right here? I am looking at what appears to be a non-commercial homemade batch of shine. <laughs> That's a great way to describe. She just hands me this mason jar. No, no mark. No, no markings on it. And she goes, "I got a girl. I got a friend of mine." Uh, lives down the road that makes this stuff in the shack behind her house. Oh, go, that's the good stuff. This, so I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, okay, this isn't the like the stuff that's labeled the moonshine at a liquor store, right? This right? isn't like the apple pie flavored stuff that you could buy like right now. <laughs> this was some homemade, oh yeah, God fairing backwoods moonshine. So uh, and it's clear too. Like you know what flavor it is? Clear. That's the flavor. The, the flavor could be turpentine for all I know. Uh, you know, so you don't know what's in this jar. It could be moonshine. It could be s- some other form. This is but a this... good chance that you and I could go blind here. Oh, exactly. So we're going to pour this here just, just a little bit in a styrofoam cup. Okay. And I want you to guess the flavor because they do do flavors. Okay. She she makes... Should the cup be melting? <laughs> <laughs> whole... Joking. Okay. So go ahead and cheers. All right, cheers. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Oh, it's good. Peppermint. Candy cane. Yeah. Candy, candy cane. cane. Yeah. Peppermint. I mean, oh, wow. I mean, is that not the best stuff you've ever had? It's so smooth when you think right. of moonshine. Apparently, she makes it in a bunch of different flavors. Peach, not not. This is not my uh, Lindsay's aunt, Aunt Jim, but this is her friend. Right. She's got a friend. She's, She's got, a, got a person, and and I'm not going to say whether or not they sell it or not because if you sold it, it would be illegal. I don't think it's illegal to make this stuff. They just happen to have a lot of these jars with lids. That's all that it is. Oh man, this is so, so good. So real, legitimate moonshine made in a shack in the woods out in Decatur County. This is what my ancestors were drinking, right? <laughs> Hillbillies running around in the mountains of Tennessee, the hills of Kentucky. This is it, man. I've been waiting all week to try this. It is so good, and I could probably, yeah, we finish this, we'll go blind. Yes, gonna- <laughs> right. But you know what? It is what it is. We got another hour to go. We got a bottle of shine. Put your big boy pants on, kids. You don't know what's going to happen next. <laughs> this is the Hammer and Nigel Show.